I'm Brian Hu. I'm Ada Singh. And welcome to Saturday School. When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. Welcome back to Saturday School. For today's class, we're talking about the 2011 film Almost Perfect by director Bertha Basaw Penn, which stars Kelly Hu and Ivan Shaw. And Edison Chen. Oh, yeah. And Edison Chen. Yeah, it was the first film of my first film festival that I programmed. So Almost Perfect always had a special place in my heart. So to set up the film, it stars Kelly Hu as Vanessa, and she's part of this really big family. A very dramatic family. When was it ever not a difficult time? The parents are fighting. Take your father, we're done here. Each of the siblings have drama in their lives. Oh, you're one to talk now. They're kind of a family that likes to think they don't believe in marriage or love because they've just seen all the dysfunction that it causes. Aren't you glad we didn't have to waste 30 years to know people should never get married? And they basically spend all their time yelling at each other. If you have something to say to dad, please just say it to him yourself. And Kelly, whose character is kind of the caretaker. She's kind of the glue that holds everyone together. She's the one who is running around trying to be there for everybody. So she doesn't really have time for a romance. But then this guy comes back into her life. His name is Dwayne, played by Ivan Shaw. And he's actually a really good friend of her younger brother, played by Edison Chen. So they have this kind of meet-cute moment. So let's talk about this meet-cute. Like, I remember watching that scene for the first time. And it comes up very, very early in the film. Kelly Hu's character runs into Ivan Shaw's character in a stairwell. One's going down, one's going up, or something like that. And there's banter. They're playing off of each other. They're, like, um, trying to outdo each other. They're trying to be a little obnoxious, cute at each other, poking fun of each other. You feel like you're in a romantic comedy. The formula was coming into place, and it was amazing to see Kelly Hu and Ivan Shaw in those roles. Yeah. It helps when these two are the most beautiful people in the scene. (laughs) Ivan Shaw's wearing this dress shirt with this blazer and his hair is like moose. And Kelly Hu is just that perfect mix of like frazzled. I'm like running from place to place, but suddenly like the light is shining on me in a certain way in the stairwell. Like, like that's something so superficial and trivial. And actually, th- these are the stupidest things in reality. But like you immediately want to say, please just get together. It's a very quick payoff, too. You don't even have time to wonder if anything's going to happen because he's just like, hey, let's go get some coffee or tea, whatever he says. And then she kind of hesitates a little bit, but then, you know, you see that he's already charmed his way into her heart. And it's done so organically and quickly, you're suddenly thrust into more cute scenes between the two of them. What flavor did you get? Same as yours. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. And Bertha Pan nailed it in these kind of scenes, and as did Kelly and Ivan. Their relationship from the very beginning is pretty strong. They don't seem to have any problems. Yeah, because he is the perfect at the title, a perfect love interest. His character manages to be both this dream man, and yet you still feel the conflict in the story. Yeah, almost perfect. He's the perfect. The almost is all this other stuff that they have to deal with, namely how attached she is to her family and how much drama she has to deal with her family that kind of creeps into their daily lives. That's what ends up being the obstacle. Right. In in terms of love, he's exactly what she needs because she's always taking care of everybody else. And I think you feel like, oh, he's so good for her. 
as she's dealing with her crazy family, he like notices that one of the boxes need to be taken out. So he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you take care of that. I'm going to help you with this box. <laughs> I was like, it's so helpful. <laughs> God, so dreamy, that Ivan Shaw. Look at that. He noticed that that was broken. <laughs> and the director sets up the family pretty well because everyone is dealing with something that you kind of understand, but it's also, you can see why it's so aggravating. Right. It would be really difficult to be thrust into that world because they're just all kind of like selfish, you know, like people who can't really see outside their own problems. And then they just kind of dump it on Kelly Who's character. In some ways, we enter her world the way Ivan does or his character does. At least for me, there's a little like impatience that I have with the rest of the family, which might be the point. I think you kind of needed that. Like you needed to feel like, oh, my God. They are so overwhelming to understand why, even though he's kind of the most patient guy in a lot of ways, right? Like, he's kind of cool as a cucumber through most of it. But, like, it, all this drama can't be at the expense of this person who's just expected to be there for you. You had a choice between for us and against us, and you always chose against us. I think we both saw this for the first time at the festival circuit, but you saw it before me. I remember pretty clearly, like, when you saw it, you were like, you have to see it. I've never seen chemistry like this in an Asian-American film before. Yeah, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I didn't realize Edison Chen was in it. And I definitely didn't know who Ivan Shaw was. And um, I remember just being blown away. I've seen Asian-American romance films, but I've never, it never felt credible to me. And that's the word I keep coming back to when thinking about this movie. And I had this ongoing conversation with Oliver Wang, professor at Cal State Long Beach in sociology, but also a major music critic. And um, I asked him, like, can you think of another film with a credible romance between an Asian-American man and woman? And he's somebody who's seen, like, he was part of that scene in the 1990s of Asian-American cinema. He couldn't come up with anything either. And this is 2011, and since then there have been some, but that's crazy. I think part of credibility is getting past that first meet-cute moment and then staying with them, right? Or building upon it. Yeah. Using all the tools of filmmaking or narrative filmmaking to make you root for them. It's as simple as that. I mean, I think we've sat through many Asian-American romance films, romantic comedies, where it's like, I see what you're doing, but I'm not actually that invested in this love story. Yeah, I mean, even Hollywood romances, right? Like, you put two people together, they don't always have chemistry. Right. The dialogue has to be a certain way, has to be lit in a certain way. The wardrobe, the makeup, the actors have to be giving a certain impression. Yeah. That's why they call it chemistry. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that, almost on a molecular level, that needs to be in place for sparks to fly, to melt us a little bit. We're probably, like, way overselling Almost Perfect and the romance there, but I think within... The history of Asian American cinema, I think that its place can't be oversold. Yeah. For me, at least, it something erupted there. That sounds gross. <laughs> for, for me, anyways, like it, I, I noticed it. <laughs> I'll think about whether to leave that in or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave that up to you as well. Um, yeah, by the end, you really do root for them. You see why they're having some issues. But you want them to overcome them. Yeah, they're almost there. And then it's perfect. It's almost perfect. Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck, a collective of podcasts that features stories and voices from the Asian American community. It's produced by me and Brian. Our logo is by Grace Tallis Lee. Our theme song is courtesy of Rimsky Music and Premium Beat. 
We have a Tiny Letter newsletter you can sign up for to get lecture notes. tinyletter.com slash Saturday School Podcast. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G. Brian's at Who's Brian, H-U-S-B-R-I-A-N. And the podcast Twitter handle is Wake Up Sat School. For the next couple weeks, we're going to have a special guest. Musician and actor Go Nakamura will be joining us. And your assignment for next Saturday is to watch the 1985 film Living on Tokyo Time by Stephen Okazaki. Class dismissed. Hey, you still here? Check out one of the other shows in the Potluck Podcast Collective. For example, Fresh Creatives, a podcast where hosts Kristen, Porter Young, and Marvin Yue create fresh new story pitches from your ideas. This week's episode features a prompt from me. It's called The Banana Farmer. It's about childhood friends, a monkey, and their fight to save bananas from going extinct. And there might just be some romance. For that podcast and more, go to podcastpotluck.com. Holy! Potluck! Potluck! Potluck.